What's up, friend? How you doing? Good. How about you? I'm good. I'm really excited for today's interview. Yeah, me too. Who are we interviewing? April, our CEO. Yay! I'm super excited. Yeah, so um, if you haven't already, please check out our last episode where we interviewed our chief community development officer and also the executive director of the Destro Fund, Whitney anderson Harrell. Um, it was a really, really great interview about leadership traits. And like we said, today we have our interview with our CEO, April Clovis. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more about leadership um, and kind of see what her style is and what led her to her current position. You ready? Yes! This is Wallet Watch, brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. I'm your host, Catherine. And I'm Devante. All right. All right, so to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself, like education, career. Sure. So I went to Michigan State University. I have an undergraduate degree from the College of Business in Marketing. And I started a little bit after I finished college at the credit union, so a couple of years, um, in our marketing department. So I used my undergraduate education in that aspect. During my career here at the credit union, I completed a master's degree in advertising and public relations, also from MSU. And then I also finished an MBA from Western Michigan University. That's my education and so career progression through the credit union. I had a few jobs in the marketing area before I came to the credit union in different companies. I started at the credit union on our marketing team and spent five years there and did actually from, did a lot of the work that still happens there today and possibly happens in some other areas of the organization though today. So did a lot of writing, designing programs and events, ad creation, newsletter writing, things along the lines that you would see out of the marketing area for the credit union. From there, I had the opportunity to help the credit union by creating a department that would handle all of our online initiatives. I now can reflect back and realize how old I am that I worked here before we had email and before the internet was really um, as connected to everything as we are today. My role was to create programs and processes for the credit union to be successful in online service interactions. And so we did that, moved up from a manager to an AVP to a vice president over the divisions that are handling all of our online, either design, coding, programs, things along that line, as well as the online service aspect. Then from there, back to the marketing department as VP of marketing. And then in 2010, became an executive vice president, responsible still for the marketing and all the web and e-services, and then added in responsibility for several other divisions in the organization. And 2011, I became our chief operating officer and then started overseeing the functions of the organization and no longer having a day-to-day divisional responsibility. And during the time from 2011 to 2015, when I became the CEO, spent that time really preparing and learning the role of being the CEO and what other areas I had to develop in, such as working with our board of directors, handling large-scale construction projects, uh, external relations, governmental relations within the industry, things along that line. Did you ever think back when you started shortly after MSU that you would someday be CEO? No, no. Probably each day I actually am still surprised by that. Um, (laughs) It was not my my career plan. Actually, 
truthfully, I really enjoyed my, my jobs, everyone that I had along the way and did, enjoyed the work that um, I was doing. I also really enjoyed working at the credit union. So I had a great passion for the organization and to help us grow and be successful. So I think I ended up in the position because that shown through in the work that I was doing but truly I, I just believed in everything that we were achieving and doing for our members so much so that I enjoyed what I was doing along the way that I never set sights on on being the CEO you know you always kind of maybe think well I could be the manager or I could be the vice president but this is a very unique and lucky opportunity that I had the chance to sit in this role how has your career changed and how have you really remained flexible through the years of those different changes in positions and stuff like that? Sure. Well, given the, the, you know, the list of my history at the credit union that I just went through, some of the highlights on what changes and, and how you work through that. I mean, so first of all, when you first start in your role, when you're out of college, I mean, it, what you're doing is you're actually doing work, you're creating, you're executing others' decisions and strategies and supporting those. And as you know, you progress through management and leadership roles, those day-to-day -day activities change. So today, my job is is completely different. Um, I may I tease and say I don't get to do anymore. I, and now my role is truly to make it easier for others to do the great work that we mm -hmm. hope that everyone does at the credit union. Okay. Meaning I have the responsibility to ensure resources are available, that um, our strategies align with values and mission, and that we have the right people working on the right projects. And, and to provide leadership and maybe a little bit of experience about how and why we've done some things. But truly the actual role every step of the way changes. You're more focused on your team, you're more focused on the global organization strategies than your own day-to-day -day list of projects, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. So, you know, the, you know, if you're a person who likes that I have these 10 things to get done, I can cross them off. You know, it's not that kind of work anymore. It's really focused on how do I help you be successful and let me get you what you need to have this go forward and, and work. And so that's kind of been a lot of change. In terms of being flexible, all my personality profile tests say that I really like change. So I hadn't thought of myself as a person who had to focus on being flexible. I think that's just in my makeup. So I, I love the possibility of something new. I love trying to see what we can do differently. I like taking on a new challenge and raising my hand for a new opportunity. And I think that's partially how I got here, but I didn't realize that it was unique to me until we started taking a lot of personality profile tests. And <laughs> I'm way on one side of the change spectrum. And <laughs> I'm all alone there. Um, but I think that that's helpful as you are a leader, but it also means you have to make sure you don't react and change to everything. That makes sense. I feel like that's really, really important. So how do you manage expectations both for yourself and for others? I imagine that's probably changed over the years, maybe as you've moved positions. Oh, absolutely. You know, over in the beginning, when you manage your own expectations, it's achieving what's been asked of you, getting your work completed on deadline and with a quality product. I think I've been taught from my mom to have super high expectations of myself. And, and in fact, I first moved into management roles, you know, that somebody said to me, you know, you have such high expectations and of, of everyone. And I just looked at them and I said, did I ever say that to you? Did I ever 
express anything that would give you that sense that I have these expectations that you couldn't achieve. And the person said, no, it's just about how you handle what you expect of yourself. And so then that translates to what people expect that you're going to want from them. So I've, I've made very sure to be clear about what I expect others to be successful. But I also know that if you ask something bigger of people, people rise to that. They like that that you think they can do a little bit more than they think in themselves. And and so even subconsciously, I, I apparently was doing that. And I think people rose to the occasion. They liked working in, in the teams that I was responsible for. They liked being a part of a group of folks who achieved a lot and who had great results. And so I, I feel in, you have to balance that though with not asking people to do more than should be accomplished in, in a regular work week. So I always have high expectations of myself and I try to set what I would think is reasonable for each person. And what I say in that is you should manage fairly, be respectful of every person, but each person's capacity is different. And so my goal was to align people's interests with the work that they were going to be doing. It's more fun if you like the project you're assigned versus you're trying to be fair and say it's your turn to do this project and your turn to do that, versus if you swap the projects, both individuals would be happier and you got a better project in the end from mm -hmm. both of them. So I managed in that type of way of making sure people collaborated with me on what they wanted to achieve as well, I guess. So what's interesting is just in our conversation that we've started, I've never really thought about a CEO or president as like a big time coach, yeah. you know, really employed to help everybody to do their best. Yeah. I think that's something that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I think in the traditional sense, we see a CEO and like they're the face of the company, you make all the huge decisions, but also what comes along with that is being an amazing coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's the most connected thing I can say it makes sense to parallel. I actually just finished a book that is called Trillion Dollar Coach, and it's about a man who was a coach by being a leader of teams. And everything that paralleled in the book was about how it matches to being a sports team coach right mm -hmm. and and so it's it's very true you know your job is to create the vision say where we can go and help people see in themselves how to get there and so you really spend a lot of time investing in getting the right players on your team mm -hmm. and then helping them succeed at what you saw in them when you assigned them to be on your team nice. I love that. yeah when you see someone has potential to grow professionally, how do you help them develop? Like, was it feedback or delegation of tasks? I think you touched on that a little bit with setting sure. up for success. Uh, a variety of things. Um, so first, one thing I have learned over my time, and, and I say this because it's really important, I see a lot of potential in a, in a lot of folks. And I used to want to help everyone achieve what I thought their ultimate potential was because that's what happened to me. Someone saw great things in me and I got to do more and more work, um, more complicated projects, more level of responsibility, and that just seems like the natural progression when you see people have capabilities. But along the way, I had one employee who literally, during a meeting where we were talking about, you know, this is what I think she can grow and develop into, and she just looked at me and said, stop, because it's not what I want. I may be 
capable and and doing that and I will do all this stuff here but I really don't want you to invest that time into preparing me for the next level of leadership mm. um, and I was so surprised because you know you just have that natural inclination of everyone wants to reach the highest but actually that's different for every person and where they want to go with their goals in their future mm -hmm. so now I, I have a, a lot more involvement in, in asking on the front end, you know, not just what I can see in you. Hey, I see this in you and this is where I think you can go and, and let me open the doors to get you there. But do you even want to go there? Mm -hmm. And and making sure that the person is on the journey that they want to be on, that you want them to be on. And, and I recognize sometimes, just like myself, people didn't know that they wanted to be on that journey. And, and so providing the chance if they don't know absolutely but if they are 100% sure they don't to make sure you listen to them in that voice as well but you know along the way when somebody wants to be more involved reach the next level in their career the goal really is is to give them exposure to the next set of experiences they're generally more complicated they're generally harder decisions they generally have more scope and size and impact and and help get them there share your knowledge and wisdom let them bring forward new ideas, get them involved in the right meetings and the right people that they need to connect with to have others know about their work, have people make presentations and present in the public and all that great stuff. Mm -hmm. um, gets people to see what can be next for them. So in one of our earlier episodes, we kind of referenced you with the every day is an interview. Can you kind of elaborate on that and tell yeah. us what that means? Sure, absolutely. It took me a while to realize life experience gets you this uh, philosophy. A couple of reasons. One, my career at the credit union wasn't about did I do an interview tremendously well and then I received a position. The, the positions that I received as I moved forward in my career were truly based upon the work that I had done before. Meaning, you know, could I be counted on? Was I capable of achieving the goals that were set, the expectations? Did I handle the work well? Did I have you know, team members who enjoyed being on the team with me? How did I handle all those little interactions? makes a difference. You're interviewing every minute that you are working with uh, anyone. And, you know, and I translate that to, you know, you can leave our building and think your work day is done, but then somebody stops you, admire and asks a question. That's still your job interview, either with the members or with the public or, you know, an employee on how did I handle them when I quote unquote took my CEO hat off, right? And so I tell everybody that because as big as our world is, it's also small. Yeah. And you know, if you didn't have an interaction that was positive with somebody for whatever reason, three years later, that person might be in a position to make a decision that impacts your life. And so what are they going to remember? They're going to reflect on not what you're doing in this meeting and if you answered the questions right, but they're going to reflect on that moment they had with you before. And so helping people have that mindset of all the interactions I have every day create a story of me and how people perceive you, that's your interview. That's, that's how it happens. And it's not just your interview for a job, it's your interview for everything. And, and so try to live by that. I mean, we're human, so it's not always possible to be perfect every second of the day. But to just know that people are always evaluating you. 
So can you tell us a little bit about how you remain flexible when something changes unexpectedly? I think the best thing here is very seldom in, in all the experiences that I've had, does anything go exactly how you might line it up? So if you're doing your due diligence, you would think about, well, if this goes wrong and this goes wrong, how do I move forward from here? And really take and make sure you have some some other options available to you. And so generally when things go unexpectedly, you know, there's some level of, oh, I've kind of thought about this could have been the turn that it would take. How would now let's move down that path. Um, some days though, you just don't know what's going to be coming at you. The first thing, you know, I, we talk about in general is to, you know, let yourself be human for the first five minutes and have whatever natural reaction you're going to have on, you, you know, this didn't go the way you were hoping. And then sit down and draw upon the experience, give some thought to what you need to do, what needs to happen next, what resources do you need, what people do you need to help you get to make this, this transition. I think it's just... There's flexibility in how we get along the journey, but I think there shouldn't be a lot of flexibility in the reasons. And, and what mm. I mean by that is we, I'm not flexible when I'm asking people to live by the credit union's mission or the core values of the organization because you can't be flexible on that because then every day people don't know the, the guiding principles of the company. Mm -hmm. And then then things can go awry that you hadn't planned for. So you kind of... When things don't go as, as you hoped, if you use some of those decision-making points, then, then you just can you know, recover pretty quickly and say, okay, so the ultimate goal is X because it supports the mission of the organization or it and really supports our values and, and reflects what we're trying to do here. Let's, let's retool to make sure that we're doing it in that capacity. What do you think are the three most valuable traits for a leader to possess? <laughs> you have to have an overall personality that people want to be around you. And I know that sounds um, difficult to say, but you have to be of a personality type that the people enjoy being with you. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be too extreme on anything, which is also sometimes challenging. But I think to be level-headed, um, I think transparency and honesty um, is critical in today's environment of expectations for leaders. So being as upfront as you can at all times, sharing thought processes, the why behind something is, is critically important. But at the end of the day, I think a trait that's really important for a leader is the ability to make a decision. You are looked at to, to set the strategy, the direction. You're often put in a place to make the biggest decisions with the least amount of information because mm. others have done the work and brought it to you. Mm -hmm. And And so you have to be able though to make those decisions, otherwise then everyone's paused and and nothing advances and moves forward because people become paralyzed if you're not capable of making a decision. Mm -hmm. I've always heard the idea um, indecision is a decision you know like that is very you've got to you've got to pick something and move forward and know that you're not going to make everybody 100% happy most of the time. That is the hardest part yeah. to live with as well. Um, I by nature am a people pleaser and so knowing that Whatever decisions are made, someone is not happy with it. But 
you really have to look at how you make your decisions for the impact of the global good, meaning the most employees, the most members, the most in our community. Um, and, and that's hard because I, you know someone's going to be disappointed, but you can't let that one person then cause you to say, well, we won't decide anything, mm -hmm. right? And so that's hard. What is your best piece of advice for people that might be you know, wanting to be a leader somewhere down the road? Um, I, I definitely share with our team that a leader isn't about what you personally achieve. Um, once you become a leader, it's about the team's achievements. And so do you have a team that has achieved more or less under your leadership? Are you only focused on what your own work is versus helping others get through their work and be more successful in their achievements? And so it really comes down to you have to have that quality in you that is wanting to help and assist others and see their growth and development. And you really need to have a, an approach with everyone to be open and honest and transparent about either their own work and development and, and tell them the truth because when you don't that just holds people back in a different way. So leaders have to have the you know tough skin in order to have some of those conversations but I think those that's definitely required. Mm -hmm. We thank you so right, much well, for you. sitting you down with so us kind. and talking to us. Man, oh man, we got some really great leadership here. Yeah, that was really awesome. It was great to hear just kind of her takeaways, what's important to her as a leader. Yeah, it was awesome. Great conversation. Yeah, I really liked how making the relation of CEO to coach. For me, like, I would have never thought about that, like I said in the interview. But just to think that a CEO is meant to set the whole company up for success. Mm -hmm. So telling the leadership, asking them, what can I do to make, to help you to be the best? Yeah. And then that just trickling down. Yeah. It's got to be why we work for a great organization. I love it. Kind of along those lines, I really liked when she talked about like the most valuable traits for a leader to possess. So she said that you have to have a personality that people want to be around in order to be a good leader mm -hmm. and then not be too extreme on anything one way or another. You got to be level-headed and able to make decisions because kind of as we were saying, indecision is a decision. So you got to make big decisions with a little bit of information because other people kind of gather that information and bring it to you, but also recognizing that you can't always make everyone happy and you've got to make decisions based on the global good, not just one person right having that big vision mm -hmm. that's that's impeccable that's a definitely thought that was a really good takeaway the thing I thought was like one of the greatest takeaways for me was talking about how flexibility in how you get along the journey but not flexibility in the reasons that you get along the journey and I'm not gonna lie like I was like huh at first and mm -hmm. then I sat and I thought about it and I was like okay so the comparison that I have is like let's say you're going over your family house for the holidays or something right mm -hmm. everybody may be leaving from one house to go over to another person's house everybody may not take the same way but the reason that I'm going is to have family time and enjoy everybody yeah so it puts me in the mind of like with the company understanding that people are different people are going to go about their journeys different ways as long as we're all on the same mission to get to that goal then 
if you go about it a different way, I can learn from your experience and I can learn from the other person's experience and everybody can learn from my experience. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately we all help each other to become greater leaders. So I love that analogy because we all have different starting points, different ways we're going to get places. So that's awesome. All righty. Well, let's get on out of here. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union have many products and services for our members. We have multiple checking, savings, and loan options. Our checking accounts have what you need. Whether you prefer no minimum balance, earning dividends, or a customized debit card, we have the perfect account for you. You'll enjoy surcharge-free access to over 30,000 ATMs nationwide. Near or far, we are wherever you are. Our checking accounts also include access to free direct deposit, free bill payment, and free access to your FICO score. From standard savings and money market accounts to certificates, we offer a variety of dividend paying accounts to fit your needs. Our multiple loan options include personal loans, auto loans, mortgages, and multiple credit card offerings. From low interest rates to tiered benefits, we have the right product for you. If you'd like to find out more or become a member, please visit msufcu.org. Wild Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Catherine Hurth and me, Devontae Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.